so let's make a start. Good afternoon, everyone, or good morning uh, if you're in Cuba. Um, welcome to the first seminar in the Institute of the Americas 2020 to 2021 Caribbean Seminar Series program. My name is Kate Quinn, and I'm Associate Professor of Caribbean History here at UCL Institute of the Americas, and I'm co-convener of the seminar series, along with my colleagues, Professor Gad Human and Dr. Steve Cushion, who's going to be acting as the virtual doorkeeper tonight. Caribbean Seminar Series has been running in various manifestations and in various institutional homes since the 1970s, when it was founded at the Institute of Commonwealth Studies. So tonight marks a new moment in the history of the series, as it's the first time, to my knowledge, that it's been held online. In these new pandemic conditions, it's particularly appropriate that the subject of tonight's discussion is Cuba and COVID-19. And we're particularly fortunate to be joined by our two esteemed speakers, Dr. Emily Morris, Research Fellow at UCL's Institute of the Americas and coordinator of UCL's Cuba Research Network and Professor Pedro Mas Bermejo, Director of Epidemiology at the Cuban Ministry of Public Health and head of Cuba's COVID-19 National Technical Group. A very warm welcome to both, and in particular to Professor Mas Bermejo for taking time out of his very busy schedule to share his, his experiences with us tonight. So before I hand over to the speakers, just some housekeeping and a word on the running order. First of all, please note that this session is being recorded. Also, please make sure that your microphones are muted whenever you're not speaking. And if you have a question about the talks, uh, you can use the raise hand function or you can type your question into the chat function. So please keep your questions short, on topic and respectful. Our first speaker is going to be Emily Morris, who's going to provide... Muted, but, uh, I can't say... Oh, you're not on mute, Steve. Yeah. So Emily is going to provide a short overview of about 10 minutes before she will introduce Professor Mas Bermejo. Um, and we'll then open up to questions from the floor. And we're particularly keen to use this space as an opportunity to make connections for future research collaborations between scientists, epidemiologists and health specialists in the UK with their counterparts in Cuba. So we'll particularly welcome um, questions and comments from that section of our audience tonight. So without further ado, a warm welcome to everybody and I will hand over to Dr. Emily Morris. Hello, um, thank you very much for, for the invitation. Kate, is everybody hearing me okay? It's all working? Good. Um, yeah, I'm just going to give a brief bit of context. I'm, I'm going to talk for a very short amount of time. I just want to uh, just for people who are new to this whole subject, um, just describe very quickly about um, why, we're, why we're looking at Cuba today. Um, at the beginning of the COVID pandemic, uh, I did an article, a very brief article with Elan Kelman at the UCL Disaster Risk Specialist. And we were looking at the case of Cuba, both of us went to Cuba last year, um, talking to people on, who worked on disaster preparation. And, um, and we, we were wondering you know, how Cuba was going to perform. This would be a, a very interesting case study um, in this area, particularly because Cuba, of course, has the highest number of doctors per head in the world. It has a universal free health service. It has enormous research capacity, as we saw, and it's got its 
disaster risk reduction and response is really second to none. They're very used to having hurricanes. They've also had um, various uh, epidemics of different sorts that they've dealt with. Um, but as we said then, that there's severe economic constraints on Cuba. There's um, not only the economy was uh, sluggish, even before um, the tightening of the US sanctions last year, which have become more and more ferocious um, since 2017, but particularly this year. Um, and Cuba also, so there's been years of um, underinvestment, there's very crowded housing, very crowded transport, and there's also a, a, an aging population. The average age in Cuba is higher than it is in the UK. And so all of those things counted against it. And so you could see that the question was, is their disaster response and their health services and their research capacity and their capacity to mobilize strong enough to um, compensate for all of these challenges that they have? Now, I'm just going to very quickly just share my screen, and I just want to show you um, just how, how Cuba's performed. Um, this this uh, chart here shows the daily cases. It's actually as a, a um, per head of population or whatever. But it shows that they had a first wave very clearly at the beginning, and actually in July reached zero new cases one day. And so it looked like they conquered it. But like the rest of the world, that they were faced with the, you know, the difficulty of the COVID um, pandemic, the COVID virus in particular being that it's, it lurks and then it re recurs and then you have outbreaks again. So since that time, it's returned to, well, it, according to the chart, um, same as previous levels, but you have to bear in mind that um, there are a lot more tests being done now than there were at the beginning. So it looks like they're still struggling to contain the, the virus. But if you look at another chart, this is from the Financial Times, um, which they have a constantly updated. And that this is the cumulative deaths per million. Um, and that's by number of days since you've had three total deaths per million. And you can see from here that Cuba is absolutely outstanding in the world. So very few countries have fewer than Cuba. Um, in this measure. So there's China down there, New Zealand, and we've all heard about these ones, not Curacao so much, but South Korea, New Zealand, and China, the ones that are always talked about. But Cuba doesn't get mentioned, and it's actually doing, um, in comparative terms, incredibly well. This is a logarithmic scale, and here you have the United Kingdom um, competing at the top with the United States and, and Brazil. Uh, the other, the lowest other country in the Americas is Uruguay, but even Uruguay has um, not matched Cuba's performance. So I just wanted to put that in there to, to, to underline the fact that Cuba's still struggling, it's still dangerous um, disease, but the performance has been um, exceptional. So this is really a, an opportunity to understand how that's been achieved and what has been learned by the scientists in Cuba in order to contribute to all of our understanding of the, the disease and the possibilities for um, research engagement with our Cuban um, colleagues. So that's all I want to say at the beginning. And so I just want to um, open up then now to, to Dr. Mas Permejo, who has been leading the Cuban response with a big team, I believe, 
And so it's a great privilege to have him here and a real opportunity for people to, to ask their questions after his presentation. Thank you. Thank you, Emily. Professor Bermejo, you can share your screen now and unmute. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah, that's May I good. Go ahead? Yes, please do. Okay. Okay. Well, uh, first of first, I want to to say thank you very much for this invitation. I will try to to show our experience. In, in a very, very short time, that that's, is very difficult because we have many things to, to show. And anyway, I would try to, to uh, take a, 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 a short time to, to show our ideas because I am almost sure that we will have a, another opportunities to discuss different points. And this is just the, uh, the first uh, meeting we will have for sure many, many more. Well, uh, just to, to clarify, uh, uh, I am not the director of uh, epidemiology in Cuba. I am, uh, I am working in the Tropical Medicine Institute in Cuba, and I am a, a coordinator of a very, very group of scientific people who belongs to the Minister of Public Health National Institute of public health, such as Tropical Medicine Institute, Hygiene and Epidemiology Institute, and, and many more. Um, but uh, this is a, a big deal uh, to work with and people of the University, University of Havana, we will show some of this point in, in the presentation. As, as okay, sorry. Well, this is not necessary because uh, Emily explained very well that. Okay, I'm going to start with the main cause of death in Cuba in, 90, in 2019 and in comparison with 2018. Well, as you can see, the three main causes of death in Cuba are the heart disease, cancer, and cerebrovascular disease. The, the, and of course, influenza or pneumonia, as you can see here, is an only a communicable disease that are that is in the main cause of death in Cuba nowadays. But the 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 main thing that I try to show you this data is because the COVID-19 is a syndemic. We have many non-communicable disease in the in the cause of death in Cuba, and that means that you are we started with the COVID with this very difficult situation. And that's a very important point that I want to, to show you briefly. Okay, uh, let me explain to you briefly the q and strategy. Uh, well, the first uh, thing that the, the cases in Cuba started in uh, March uh, 11 uh, from the tourists uh, from Germany. And the tourists from Germany uh, introduced the disease in Cuba in 11th of, of March. Well, the Cuban strategy is incorporate the natural way door-to-door -door screening for persons presenting with fever and respiratory symptoms, carried out by primary health care professionals 
supported by medical science students. That is a very important point because it's, I, I, I have to say that it's the main point of our experience. Go to the field to look at case or at contact of, of, uh, of case. And that is a very important point. The second thing is the application using mobile device that they say now in Cuba, uh, very popular, um, was developed for people to self-evaluate and indicate if they present symptoms, which then advise local health authority that the primary health care service provided can visit them at home. This is very important. The name is Auto Pesquisa in Spanish. It's a available free of charge, and that is a, a very thing, very good point. Uh, and both components of the strategy have provided valuable complementary epidemiological information on present of possible clinical case of COVID-19 and have opened a new possibility of surveillance and control of other diseases in the future. And going, uh, uh, sorry, uh, continue with the strategy. Uh, uh, the other thing is to gather a specialist in biomedical heart and social science into a technical advisory uh, team within the Minister of Public Health. Um, the team was tasked with periodically analyzing the epidemic situation, identifying uh, problems and recommendation solution for different scenarios. And we will see the scenario later on. Among other things, this facility, this facilitated, sorry, incorporation of new treatment and innovation for improving patient cares, as well as timely prediction, useful in guidance strategies for controlling the epidemic. And the contribution of the Cuban Institution of Science has been recognized in the media by government and health authority. And I have to say that uh, uh, all the scientific group have a weekly meeting with the president, prime minister, and the, some uh, different ministers and others uh, head of a health institution. It's a, a meeting, weekly meeting, that we presented some research uh, uh, outcomes. And sometimes we also look at the different data to uh, to help the, the decision and do a good, uh, a, a good uh, points and a good, and a good task. Um, one thing that we are working from the very beginning, I mean, April, uh, is uh, working with the pronostics uh, models. With the researchers from the Havana University, the Faculty of uh, Mathematics in the uh, the dean of this faculty was in charge of this uh, important thing, and they applied uh, several prognostic models of the, for the course of the epidemic in Cuba. And the third model means susceptible, infected, and recovered based on a system or ordinary, this is very important, ordinary differential equation has been used elsewhere and was chosen due to its simplicity and easy of interpretation. Uh, now, I, I will show you the expected cases, cures, sorry, in the three theoretical possible scenarios, favorable, moderate, and critical. The active confirmed cases reported each day 
is re registering blood. This is the first scenario according to the SIG model. And you, you can see the red is the, the worst, the red, the, sorry, the green line is the middle, and the blue is the, or was the best, the best, the best scenario. And the black, uh, uh, the black uh, line is the, the things that really happened during the beginning, of, means April to August. But what happened is that the beginning, the worst scenario means the, the red uh, cure, uh, we expected to have 4,885 uh, uh, active cases. And was a very, if, if this thing happened, was a very, very difficult situation for the health system because the resources needed in terms of human resource hospital beds and so on. And uh, this is, is, if this number of cases happens, uh, we, we was be on 14th of May. Um, the second prognostics is 2000, is the green line, 2,887 cases in, in June. And finally, we, the peak was in May, uh, sorry, 25 April with 847 cases. And that was very good for, for us to organize the health service, the personnel, uh, the health doctor, nurses, and so on that we need uh, to, to clarify this. And this is what really happened. What is, what, what is happening now? Well, you see, uh, Emily chose, chose the first part of the cure, and I don't want to go again with this, but what happened now is that the number of cases uh, is almost the second wave, but we are in the second wave, and we not have reached yet the peak that we have in the first wave, means eight, uh, 847 cases. And now the situation is getting better because a big compromise of the government, despite the US blockade in this pandemic time, that is a really, really, really very bad uh, to, uh, to, for us to find everything that we need for uh, use in the people who are, who are ill in the, during the outbreak. Well, this is the real situation that we have on 25th of uh, October. And you see, uh, we have almost 7,000 cases. For us, it's a big uh, challenge, but I, I know that many countries have 30,000, 20,000 in a day. But this is uh, the, the, the all cases that were confirmed. We have uh, uh, this, that day, that day, uh, we have uh, 751. And recorded, we have a, a 6,029 and death just 128 means that this uh, the real uh, uh, index is 1.92% of the death among the, the cases. It's very, very low if you compare with uh, Latin America, if you compare with the world, that is. Two point and six or something like that is a is a, a 
it's a very, very good results according to the, the situation of the world. And the hospitalization and testing, we have a, a one day, you see, we're doing around 8,000 PCR a test per day around. And in, in that day, 25th of October, we found 29 positive. And um, today we are, uh, we are doing 800,197 uh, PCR tests. Means it is a lot, it's a, it's a big challenge to, to find money to, to buy everything. And we have, in, in, on the other hand, the problem with that blockade because you have to find the real uh, uh, things needed to, to do PCR tests in different parts of the world. That, because it's near, it's very difficult to find. And the positive amounts, I mean, the positive test among all the, the people is just one, sorry, zero, oh, 0.82% means that it's, it's very low. Uh, the WHO is, is talking that about, if you have more than 5%, uh, you are in, in a big problem with the, with the outbreak. But now we have 0.82. Okay, this is one thing that I want to show you because it's a research in progress. Um, uh, we are uh, looking at what is happening with the living condition index and with the uh, number of PCR tests per million inhabitants. The line of uh, uh, the red line is the uh, how many uh, PCR we performed by one million inhabitants using the international uh, uh, indicator for these things. And you see in Havana is the capital the incident is higher, but it's, uh, the incident is higher, we are doing more tests, and you, were, you will see in this. But the, what they would, uh, the good example here is that if you look at the image, for instance, the lowest uh, living condition have, have uh, less cases than the other scenarios. But it is just a, a new, that uh, I, am, I am just ch sharing with you because but this research is ongoing, but, it's, but, but the idea is just to show you how we are working, not just with the COVID itself, we are looking at another situation uh, related with, uh, uh, with equity, that is uh, very important in this, in this uh, business. Okay, well, this is a one thing that we are calling the stairs. Means what is the preventive and therapeutic action from the screening to full recovery of the patient. We are working with four types of, uh, of items. is the healthy population, the confirmed patients, the serious and critical patient, and the convalescent patient. What, what is the Cuban approach? The first is that the healthy population not get sick. If you are confirmed as a patient, not get worse. If you are a serious critical or uncritical patient, not to die. And if you finally convalescent uh, from the disease less in long term 
uh, to avoid the, the, the side the effects. That is the idea that we are working with. And um, if you see what you are doing in the, with the healthy population, we are doing, as I mentioned before, uh, active screening, self-screening, uh, biotech preventive treatment. And this is a good news that we have because we are working with our products from the biotechnological industry in Cuba. Because when this thing started, and uh, they said, well, interferon is good, we are producing, or we were producing interferon in Cuba. That is a, a very good uh, uh, thing that uh, I want to share. And the second, with confirmed patient, we have a protocol for the treatment. And, but the, the thing is that this protocol, we are using innova, innovative treatment from our industry. We are calling about 80% of the treatment that we are using with the patient belongs to the natural industry. And this is a very good news for, for us because for now with this type of treatment, we are avoiding many things that we have with the blockade that I spoke before. And if the people are serious and critical, we are using a, a lot of immunomodulators to prevent the, the complication and even to prevent the, that the people die because they COVID. And after that, when the patient finished the treatment and is in convalescent situation, where we have surveillance because we are following the patient during time where they, they need the psychological support, rehab, regenerative therapy, and follow uh, for different specialties. It means that, uh, you know, after that, they need uh, support for others, not for, just for clinical people. They need support from other specialists. Well, this is a, the approach I, I mentioned before. This is a human population, 11 million, 200,000. We have the this is the uh, people that were working with as a rich, the health worker in the red zone, the intensive care unit, uh, the dentist or ophthalmologist and primary health care. The social institution that you know, all of you know that is uh, the nursing homes uh, uh, was a, a problem and it is a problem in different countries, Spanish, is one uh, uh, example. And we, we are working with, with all social institutions. And all, also in the general population, we have a stratification of the risks uh, by territories in Cuba, means, uh, means province, means uh, municipality, and means po a popular council that is a, a smaller uh, uh, government uh, in the among the, the municipality. And they have a, a this is a intersectoral approach that we are working. And also we have the selection of individual. When after we select the territory, we select the individual by age group because all of you that this is a risk and number of comorbidities, hypertension, diabetes, etc. Well, and this is one example. For instance, uh, if you see the, this, uh, the column uh, with the aging index, the, the aging index in Cuba is not the same in all the province. We have province with, with very high index, like for instance, Villa Clara in, this, in the center of the country, 
And we are, we, what we are doing is we have a, a, the drugs, we have a stratification, and we are a, preparing where we have to make prioritization of the treatment of the different treatment and the approach and the risk approach in different countries. And this is just a map, but this map is you can find how many people you have with hypertension, with the heart disease, with diabetes in each uh, municipality, even in the uh, uh, popular country. Okay. Well, this is the, the vaccine. You know that we are working in two vaccines uh, nowadays. This is uh, Soberana one. Is, uh, we have a clinical trial. The clinical trial is, uh, is working well. This is one example of a clinical trial uh, uh, speaking with the volunteers that they are, they are receiving the, the, the vaccine. And uh, this vaccine is, is working well according to the, the, the person and the people who are working this uh, vaccine, they expect it to be finished in the first uh, part of uh, uh, year 2021. 20, um, this is uh, a good thing, but now we are, uh, yesterday, we uh, started with another vaccine. Uh, this is Soberana 2. Uh, and this is another, that me, uh, uh, I, I have to say that today we are working with two uh, possible uh, vaccines. That we, one of them we will find in the, around March of 2021. Okay. Well, this is a lesson, the lesson learned during the COVID-19 uh, uh, up to date, it means that the things is changed. But we, that the thing that we were doing was working from the beginning with the preparation. It means when WHO notified the, the, the situation, the action was the first is political will that I spoke before, the prevention of the control and control of a strategy that we, we make, a, I mean, the government uh, wrote a, a plan before we have the first case and to organize everything. And also the human resource preparation that I also spoke before. The epidemiological surveillance was a, a, a very important dimension uh, facing the, uh, the unknown of the disease. At the beginning, nobody, even today, the people, uh, we, we have not the, the uh, comprehensive uh, view that we, what is happening with the with COVID and where it's going, what happened with the SARS-CoV-2 uh, in, the, in the future. And we have uh, that, uh, that uh, gave to us uh, to prepare and develop uh, epidemiological surveillance system with the key points to identify Risk, as I mentioned before. And active screen, I, I spoke about that. I mentioned that the highest contagious disease, the unknown prevalence and, uh, of the population, and also action about the uh, primary health care system, early detection of the case, 
isolation, critical forms, and high-risk group identification that I mentioned before. Okay, sorry. Well, this is a testing. I mean, uh, testing is with the PCR, and anyway, we are working with the new test with antibodies that we will find uh, finish to use with the Q1 uh, technology. Uh, will be finished. It will be finished around two weeks from now. And the the other thing, but we are working is all the case are. The diagnosis of a case is by PCR, not not uh, no way. Now this is another thing, and also uh, we are working with antibodies. Uh, that we will see what happens in the next two or three weeks. Well, uh, biosafety because the problem of the virus, and I spoke about the the thing that we are working with the health care people what we are doing to provide a, a, a good uh, a equipment for primary health care because they are not working directly in the red zone, but they are working on that. And the treatment I, I mentioned before, and mortality I mentioned before as well. And finally, we are uh, spoke about equity. This is very important in the health Q1 system and the, and the Q as a country, that the equity is a principle. And we are trying to keep the equity, the government, and we in the, in the health system are, are doing the same. How guarantee that all healthcare systems are equitable and avoid collapse of the health system. And we do intersectoral actions, keeping health service universal and free. All, all these services are free for for everything and reordering the increasing of healthcare service capabilities and testing free and control and follow up of the confirmed and suspicious case. And finally, the COA response in, in very few words uh, uh, to the epidemic having among amount of the more successful in terms of flattering the cure and limited, limiting viral transmission in a relatively uh, short time resulting in relatively low case number and death. I asked, I, I show you everything about that. Um, a strategy particularly cure epidemic response including building on the universal, char universal character of the health system and is a strong, I have to mention a strong, Capitals primary health care network by carry out national nationwide door to door screening for persons with febrile and respiratory symptoms, isolated confirmed cases, and placing their traced contact and suspected cases under quarantine. Early, finally, early inclusion of research and scientific institution in the design and structure of the strategy. This is what, well, thank you very much. And I, 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 I think that the, I, I have not spent uh, too much time in, in, the, in the presentation. I just trying to show you what we are doing, but there are many things that we have to mention, maybe in another opportunity. 
or maybe so, some of you have questions, I, I will try to answer. If not, I, I will try to write you some of them. Sorry about the time, but I, again, I was uh, to try very short. Thank you very much indeed for that presentation, Dr. Masper, or Professor Maspermejo. That was wonderful and you were perfectly to time, so no apologies needed. Awesome. I think um, clearly there are very many lessons that we can learn from the Cuban case. And I was particularly impressed with the slide that you showed on the um, preventative and therapeutic actions with the population divided into four groups from the healthy population to the serious and critical patients and so forth.